Dispatch out to anyone on Broken Brow Road area. Copy. Yeah, dispatch this car 12. Sergeant McCormick, what do we got? Sarge, I got a Beth Ritter on the line. Says she's been hearing screaming coming from the South Loop River. She lives on Broken Bow by Road 425. You want to take it? Yeah, I'll take it. I got the kid with me, and it'll be good to show him around. Copy that. I'll inform her you're on your way. Over. A quiet night outside of the simple town of Callaway in Nebraska. A 911 call has been placed. Someone has apparently been hearing screaming coming from a lake behind their house. Dispatch puts the call out for a response. Sergeant Fred McCormick was riding his new rookie around town to show him the sights. McCormick had been an officer for 32 years for this area, so he was the one to teach the new guy a thing or two. The recruit's name was Brandon Faust. He moved down to Callaway from Wyoming with his new wife so they could have a quieter life. He was a cop in Wyoming for almost three years before he transferred, and although he had some decent experience, to McCormick, a man who was born and raised in Callaway, it just isn't the same. Now son, listen to what I tell you. Chances are, this is just a bunch of coyotes meeting up by the river and having themselves a little fiesta. We go in, make sure the civilians are safe, check the back, maybe get a few rounds off in the air just to scare them off, and we're done. Well Sarge, do you really think it's a bunch of coyotes? He asked. Heck yeah! Who else would be screaming out in the middle of nowhere? McCormick, sarcastically, replied with a grin shown on his face, emphasized by his thick brown mustache. Well, Sarge, if people have lived around here for a while, wouldn't they know what a coyote scream sounds like? Son, everyone in this town knows what a coyote sounds like. Then, why would they call us? The grin slowly left McCormick's face. Something about what Faust said rang true, but who was to know? They pulled up to the house just off of Road 425. They got out of the car and made their way up to the house. A woman and man were standing out in front. Are you Beth Ritter, ma'am? McCormick shouted. Yes, this is my husband, Tom. Beth came down the stairs while the husband stood at the top with the door open. Sergeant McCormick, ma'am, this is Deputy Faust. I was told you've been hearing some noise coming from the woods, have you? McCormick spoke with a kind of southern authority. It was rather intimidating. Not just noise, like really loud screams coming from the backyard. Well, take us to the back there and let's see what we got. McCormick and Faust were led down the driveway through the house. They walked through, listening to Beth give her explanation to what they had been hearing. As they got around to the back, Tom the husband following behind, the first thing Faust noticed was that it was quiet. Uneasily quiet. There it comes and it goes, Tom said in the back. Then not a word was spoken for a few seconds. McCormick looked at Faust, as they both listened carefully, but heard nothing. Well, I don't hear anything, McCormick said. I'm telling you, it's been happening for the last hour. It was probably a coyote or some other wild animal. McCormick tried to explain. Beth still seemed skeptical. Sarge? Faust finally came up. Yeah. Don't you find it oddly quiet? He explained. What do you mean? Sun's going down. Of course it's quiet. Yeah, but Sarge, there's no noise at all. McCormick turned and gazed out into the woods. There's no birds, no crickets, barely any wind. There's nothing. The two shared a glance to each other when suddenly... The screams came up, loud, yet echoed. There it is! There it is! Shh! Beth shouted, but was quickly silenced by McCormick. The scream lasted almost a full minute before silence once again took over the night. 
That don't sound like no coyote I ever heard. Tom spoke up. All right. We're going to go see what that was. You two stay in the house, lock the door, don't open it until we get back, you understand me? McCormick said. The Ritters nodded and headed back into their home. McCormick and Faust made their way down the steps of the backyard and approached the woods. They both drew flashlights and lit them quickly, pointing them directly through the path they were taking. Faust had his hand on his gun, and he noticed that the sergeant was doing the same. Even for a 32-year vet, something about those screams spooked even the sergeant. They walked down about half a mile in, with nothing but silence and the light from their flashlights. The screams had not repeated since they were at the house. We should be hitting the river soon, McCormick said. What are we looking for, Sergeant? Faust asked. Son, I have no idea. If it looks like it can scream, then that's what we want. But what could scream like that? Son, I have no I Before McCormick could finish his sentence, they were shocked by the return of the screams. Loud and bellowing. Both men were so startled they drew their guns and began pointing in separate directions. Where is it coming from? Faust shouted over the screams. Sounds like the river! McCormick shouted and began making his way towards the river. Faust followed closely behind him. As they approached the river, the screams got louder and louder, which meant that they were going the right way. Suddenly, the screams stopped. They hit the water and frantically began shining their flashlights up and down the riverbank, trying to find where the screams might have been coming from. There was nothing there. McCormick began to shine his light into the woods across the river. "'What are you doing, Sarge?' Faust asked. "'If this is an animal, son, we might have scared it,' he replied. "'If we did, wouldn't it be gone by now?' Faust asked. "'Yeah, but you'd see or hear rustling in the bushes or something. That's what I'm looking for,' McCormick replied confidently. Faust realized that McCormick was right and began tracing his light over the woods on the opposite end. "'I don't see anything,' Faust said. "'Neither do I.' Faust gazed over to the sergeant and noticed a weird, disturbing look on his face. "'What's wrong, Sarge?' "'I don't hear anything either,' McCormick said distraughtly. "'Nothing. Like what you said before, son. No birds, no bugs, just the running water and—' His thought once again was stopped by the sound of the screams. This time, they were coming from behind them, back in the direction of the house. "'That's the way we came from, rat!' McCormick snapped out of his dazed trance and shined his flashlight into the dark woods. "'Yes, sir!' Faust said confidently, hiding his fear of the screams. "'Well, well, that's the way we're heading now! Come on!' McCormick led the charge back into the woods, following the direction of the screams. Once again, it began to get louder the further back they went. Over rocks and branches, they held their flashlights steady with guns drawn. Suddenly, it stopped again. They both stood still where they were and began to glance around the surrounding woods, shining their lights all around them. "'You see anything, kid?' McCormick shouted. Nothing, sir, Faust added. Without warning, the screams kicked back up. This time, it was back towards the direction of the river. They turned and marched their way back to the water. As they got closer, the screams began to get louder. Just as they approached the bank, it stopped abruptly and became silent once more. What is happening, Sarge? Faust begged. I don't know, son, but we should get out of here. McCormick said confidently, and before they could do anything, the screaming began again. Now, 
It sounded as if it was right on top of them. The screech of the noise caused both men to grab their ears. The sound was too much for them to bear. They hurtled over in pain. Abruptly, the screaming stopped. McCormick began to gather himself together when he noticed he was standing there at the river, alone. Faust! he shouted. Faust! No answer. He shined his light over the entire area. He saw no trace of Faust anywhere. Where'd you go, kid? he shouted again. Still nothing. He dropped his hands to his sides and stood there by the river for a minute, attempting to catch his breath. He holstered his gun and continued to shine his flashlight. Suddenly, he felt an odd sensation crawl up his neck. A sort of chill that came out of nowhere. A sense that he wasn't alone. Slowly he turned around to a darkened figure standing right in front of him. It startled him backward a step, but he caught himself before he fell. What are you? He mumbled, lifting his flashlight to view the figure's face. As the light worked its way up the outline of the figure, he first noticed that it was a person by the bare feet he could see. However, the feet had been levitating off the floor. As the light continued its way up the figure, he noticed they weren't wearing any clothes. He was startled to see that the private area of the person was flat, almost like a doll. He found his way up to the chest. He could tell it was a woman since it had the shape of breasts, but they too were flat, like a doll. The skin was pale and old, so these doll-like features sent a chill through the sergeant once again. Finally, the light brightened the figure's face. Two bright white eyes stared back at McCormick. The eyelids seemed to have been seared off with a coarse blade. There was no hair. There was no mouth. "'What's going on?' McCormick could barely speak, from the sheer terror running circles through his entire body. The figure's eyes quickly rolled over black, and McCormick felt his whole body stiffen in fear. The figure's face began to open into a dark void where the mouth should have been. McCormick couldn't breathe. He couldn't move. And the last thing he saw was the blackness of the void. The two police officers were never seen again after that night, and the Ritters moved within the month. Screams continue to be heard from the South Loop River, but no one dares investigate.